This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. My group of mates are going to know that I love them and I care for them and that might make me feel uncomfortable but that's what I'm going to do because that's the most important thing for me is to keep my family and my core group of mates healthy. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Thank you to everyone for listening in to this show. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your time, your energy, and no matter where you are in your journey, I hope that you're you're staying strong. I hope you're putting a lot of time into your own self-care journey, and I hope that this podcast is giving you some of those tools and insights and wisdoms to help you along the way. I'm a big believer that you're not just a, a passive listener by any means. I believe that you guys are you know, taking the necessary steps to, to make changes in your own life, or you might be listening to this podcast for somebody else's benefit. Whatever it is, I'm very thankful and I'm very grateful for that. It's my promise to you guys that I'm going to try and bring the best guests with the most incredible journeys and stories and insights that they can help all of us live better, learn more and grow more. Well, I'm going to cut straight to it because I'm so excited for this next guest to come onto the show today. His name is Gust Worland. Some of you might know him uh, working as a morning show host on the Triple M Network uh, for many years as a radio host. He's also a TV personality, and believe it or not, he's an award-winning Toshiba salesman back in the day. In 2016, Gus hosted the very successful TV documentary series on ABC called Man Up. It's a 13-episode series, so I urge you to watch it. It really exposes some of the issues around the tough-it-up mentality and isolation in society that can really lead to significant mental health issues. But I guess the bulk of Gus's journey and his passion for mental health all started when his heart was literally broken in half when his mentor in life took his own life by suicide. A man who seemingly had all the wonderful things in life to cherish, an amazing family and home, a really good job and, you know, the respect and friendship of so many. And we hear this often, yet he never confided in a soul about his inner worries and problems. So it pushed Gus to start a foundation uh, called Gotcha for Life. I want to talk to Gus particularly about that moment, what it felt like, how it made him 
uh, propelling life and where the foundation is today and what they're actually achieving and, and, and how we can support them. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Let's get him onto the show. Stick around. It's going to be a hell of a ride for the next 40 minutes, um, an episode you definitely don't want to miss. So let's get him onto the show. Welcome, Gus Worley. Welcome onto the It Ain't Week to Speak podcast, Gus. It's a it's an absolute honor having you on the show, mate. How are you doing? Mate, Sammy, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to chat to you again, mate. And as you know, it's been a very, very busy time, let alone without COVID. So since March, it's even been more difficult to, to pivot and get ourselves into the new world with communication to make sure that we let people know it's okay not to be okay and to, and to speak like you talk about as well. But... Uh, you know, I've had some care days myself. I I found a couple of shows on Netflix where I've just, my kids are like, you're watching that again? And I'm like, I just need this for the time being. You know, I just, I need a little bit of self-care. But at the end of the day, it's, it's what we do is very fulfilling, but very emotional. So it's been quite tough the last six months. Mate, absolutely. And I want to dive really, really deep into your journey with, with your, your own non-profit, Gotcha for Life, and um, talk to you about you know, everything about what you're up to today, you know, how you have had to pivot given the times that we find ourselves in. But before we go there, obviously you spent a few years on the radio and a TV personality hosting Man Up and a range of big things, mate. What was the transition like for you from, I guess, the Triple M show itself into pursuing, you know, your mental health journey with Got You For Life? How was that transition and, and, and how did that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it was a dream. I was a 38-year-old salesman selling laptop computers and reasonably happy, to be honest, but then got an opportunity to do some TV shows. And at the back end of that, sort of two or three years into doing a few shows, I was chatting about those shows on Triple M in Melbourne on a breakfast show. And the boss of the radio station was in a cab between the airport and the station. And he stayed in the car for the end of my story. And he said, look, I haven't done that for a long time. We need a new show in Sydney. Um, would you be interested in going on to Breakfast Radio? And I'd never done it before. And I said, yeah, that sounds good, but I live in England. I've got an English wife. I've got three children all at primary school. So anyway, six weeks later, negotiations after negotiation, I started on the, the grill team. I was there for nearly 3,000 shows over 10 and a half years. But in that last few years, Sammy, I did the Man Up program, as you've spoken about, and that was me you know, challenging masculinity in this country and why we lose so many beautiful blokes to, to suicide every single day. And I didn't know the stats and it was horrifying to me. And it was a journey that I went on because of a friend of mine had taken his own life. And I'm a communicator like you, mate. I love people. I love the touch. I love just being surrounded by people and talking openly and honestly, but I never spoke about my mate passing. I just didn't feel I had the right. I didn't understand it. I felt really sad every time I spoke about it. I still feel sad when I think about it and his life and so forth. But, you know, I, I basically changed my life when Man Up was done. It got me thinking about life after waking up at four in the morning. You know, 10 years was enough. And I thought, well, if I can start a foundation and I can start letting blokes know it's okay not to be okay, start building some emotional muscle, have some proper conversations and teach blokes that uh, in a way that's knockabout without preaching, we might have a chance of getting the suicide rate down and so it was quite a nice transition because I still had the radio at the time what's been a little bit tougher Sammy since November of last year I've been doing it full time and it's a real balance now of trying to get myself right because if I put myself out there I could feel every day every lunch every dinner 
there's enough, enough people, as you know, that require what we're trying to do. So that's been tougher. Like my kids said to me the other night, I thought when you left Breakfast Radio, we're going to see more of you, Dad, you know, and they were being nice about it because they know that I'm working hard, but it was also just another reminder that, you know, I'm probably, I'm probably got, haven't quite got the balance right at the moment. But to me, we've got such a wonderful message and blokes at the moment are sponges. They want this information. They want to be better dads, better fathers, better boyfriends, better bosses. And, you know, we've got the info, we've got the programs we support. So I just don't know quite when to stop, Sam. And I think you'd probably understand that. I think it's a billion or trillion dollar question. You know, I, I find, you know, my own life, you know, and, and, you know, we're probably both really good examples, Gus, from the outside looking in, it looks like we're doing really good stuff and life's great. But, you know, there are times where you're spending too much time on one project and not enough time on family or friends. And then being in this space in particular, you are dragged left, right and center because people want your inspiration. They, they want your motivation. They want your insight because, it helps people live. It helps people become healthier. It helps people stay here longer and help other people. So it's like a chain reaction or a, or a positive ripple effect. So while you question your own balance, you know that it's helping other people, but it might not necessarily mean it's helping yourself all the time as well. Let's rewind really quickly about your mate. So you lost your mate. How many years ago was that? Uh, coming up 12 years. Was that an out of the blue thing? No one saw it coming. What was that experience like for for you, mate, and you and your close group of friends? Because I know that your you know mateship's a big part of your life. Yeah, I mean, this guy to me, my father had left the family home when I was quite young, and I just needed. I was one of those kids that needed people to look up to for inspiration. And his name was Angus as well, so he was shortened to Gus as well. And so Gussie to me was this just wonderful figure that just seemed to have all the answers, fit lovely, good-looking wife, three children, president of the local surf life-saving club, working for a company where he you know, changed jobs, pivoted jobs when he was in his mid-30s, became very successful. He got me a job when I got into sales when I was sort of in my mid-20s. And he was the type of guy, Sam, that if you went to him with a business issue or a personal issue, he would have the answers. And he wouldn't have to think about it too much. He would just sort of go, well, this is how I would do with it and it always came up with the right answer so I think in the end because I never got a chance to talk to him of course but I think in the end he had a whole lot of questions that he couldn't answer himself and for whatever reason with all the bullshit traditional stuff that was going on in his head about what it takes to be a man all the answers I think in the end he didn't want to make out he didn't have the answers for himself he didn't want to ask anyone else for stuff that he was going through and in the end he made the ultimate decision based around something which I'm sure that we could have all helped him with. I mean, at the funeral, Sam, there was 1,200 people there and we were all looking at each other going, did you have any idea? Like, no, none of us had any idea right up to the moment that we heard that he had passed. I thought it must have been a car accident because he used to like fast cars and he used to hire the racing track out at Oran Park, which, you know, with his mates to drive their flash cars and stuff. He, he loved that sort of, you know, being on the edge type stuff but in the end when I heard what he had done I just couldn't believe it and and now his daughter's on my board at Gotcha for Life and she's got four children there's another three grandchildren there's seven grandchildren there his son is over in New York he's got cafes called Two Hands and every time I go there I just look up at the skies when I walk out of the coffee shop and I just shake my head and I say mate what you're missing out on I'm still sort of angry at times and I'm still really sad that he's missed out and that he didn't reach out for help. But you soon realise, Sam, as you know, that there's so many blokes just like that. 
they haven't got the emotional muscle to even start the conversation. And that's what obviously we're, we're both trying to do with what we're doing with living and, and gotcha. Yeah. And I'm very sorry to hear about your friend and it does take an emotional impact and it is a ripple effect in its own right on so many people from so many different parts of life. And it continues to be too, Sam. That's the thing. It's not, it's not just the act on the day, the ripple effect that went across and still today, there are people affected by that decision um, that he had made. And there's so much sadness as well. And around the anniversaries, um, when I bump into people, because we all worked at Toshiba and he was the boss there, he was a huge influence on a lot of people's careers, guys and girls. And he was well ahead of the game in terms of putting girls in positions of power where other companies, especially traditional companies like a Japanese firm like Toshiba, he went, the best person for the job is her. I'm doing it. I, I was inspired by him in everything. You know, that's why it's just so hard. And I think of him a lot and I hope that he would be proud of what we're trying to do out of what he decided to do. Mate, absolutely. He'd be very proud of the work that you've been up to and you've been able to accomplish. And and I think it's a big testament to what you've been able to dedicate the rest of your life to, Gus, too. You know, you had a very secure job in, you know, the grill team and you've been there for so long and you walked away from that and you've got an amazing family that you've got to take care of too. So I guess my next point of this and something I probably don't talk too much about with my guests as a father, what is it like bringing up, because you've got boys, right? I've got a boy, Jack, and I've got two daughters, and then got I've two got two boyfriends now. So the yep. house is okay. full, brother. How do you, like, do you know how you're out there now practicing and you're keynote speaking, you're, you're working in workshops, you're inspiring people, you're, you're, you're developing governance around all this stuff to improve people's well-being and resilience. How does that discussion come into the household? What have you had to change? What have you learnt growing up? I think, Sam, the most important thing happened during actually the Man Up filming. So my son was 15 and we had a guy called Tom Harkin from Tomorrow Man came into the school to do a workshop. And we're going to film the workshop, multiple cameras. Let's see what we get. Not quite sure how this day is going to go. In fact, looking back in production, it wasn't a day that we sort of earmarked as this is a big day that people remember. It's going to be a bit of a filler. Anyway, it took us about 20 minutes of filming into the filming to realize it wasn't going to be a filler. It was going to be the, it was probably going to be the moment with most people are going to remember. And that's been the case. My son says, even to this day, and he's his second year uni now, that was the best day of education I ever had that. It was 30 boys in a state school on the Northern beaches, all different mix, 15, 16, 17 year olds, being open, honest and vulnerable, sitting in a really safe environment, talking about what they thought a traditional man should be and what's the man they want to be, about relationships, about relationships amongst themselves, with girls, with their families. And it was absolutely beautiful. I howled laughing. I cried my eyes out. I had that many different emotions. Watching them just on a small little monitor in another room away from them, watching the library where this workshop was going. And Tom was brilliant. And I just remember saying to myself then, I want to get a 1,000 of him around every school in Australia because... Rather than sitting through another mass or biology or geography or science, every kid should have this once a month, once a term, however it is. We've got to have this guy and people like him and like yourself in schools. My son still talks about it and it opened up a chat between Jack and I, which is probably not normal for a 15-year-old and a dad. Like a dad would normally call the shots, that's the way it is, you're living under my roof and this is my rules and stuff. And my wife is English and quite traditional you would say she's a school teacher and she likes rules and regulations and stuff she's a bit looser now that 
She's been with me for 30 years, but that's, that's in her DNA. Her dad was a publican, a Navy officer and a schoolmaster. And, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So we've always had that sort of balance where she's been a bit more captain sensible and I've been a bit looser. But I heard something that Tom said, it's all about letting kids have their own head for a while, you know, keep an eye on them, but let them run their own show. And I just said to Jack, would you like us to do that? And he said, yes, dad, I'd love you to trust me that I can make good decisions, you know? And we're like, okay, mate, until you stuff it up, you've got your own head. So go for it. And we've never had to pull him up. And it changed our relationship from being this very traditional father and son to really, really good mates. And at the right time, I know he comes to me when he needs me. And there's times where I sort of feel like I'm not really doing my job properly. And, if, and, and sometimes I step back into that old school traditional dad mode and, and Jack goes, hey, dad, I'm going good. Remember the plan we made? And I'm like, yep, that's right. Sorry, I just wanted to check in. But he's been fantastic. And I think because of that, we've been a bit easier on the girls as well. Like I had a situation with my daughter last year where she was at a very posh school, you know, with a boater and blazer and all that sort of jazz. We've gone through swimmingly, no problem. And then we thought, okay, Abby, Abby will go to the same school. Well, she was so miserable. She came home one day and I could just tell things were wrong and she's very emotional and she's burst into tears and said, Dad, I'm just not happy. So I said, take your school uniform off, get your laptop, everything that the school owns, whack it in a bag, we're going to drive up there right now and chuck it in at reception. You'll never have to go to that school again. And she was like, what? I said, that's it, babe. I don't want you to be miserable. And this is stuff that I've learned through man up through tomorrow man through my own journey talking to thousands of people i'm chucking tradition out the door i'm chucking perfect out the door and i'm going i'm going to do whatever's best for that person at that at at the time so she's never been happier since she finished year 10 at tafe and then um, she's now at another school and just got in the leadership group she's sports captain she's got a boyfriend she started singing again she started dancing again which she put away because she was just not happy so I believe I don't think I would have made those good choices and been as good a dad as they say, hopefully they would say I am, without the experiences that I've gone through. But I've had to jump out of my comfort zone to get there. And I suppose that's half the battle when I talk to blokes now, very traditional Aussie blokes is like, mate, there's a way of doing things. And I'm like, well, there's a way of doing things that have got us to here. And these stats tell us that we're perhaps doing something wrong. So let's tweak it a little bit. And that, that starts that conversation around... Um, changing what it takes to be a man today compared to perhaps what it was in the past. And I appreciate you sharing that with myself and obviously all of our listeners. And there is a traditional man and people still are, you know, suck it up, man up, get over it. You know, I, had a, I did a podcast not long ago about that and discussed some of the things you probably wouldn't say to someone that might be struggling with a diagnosable mental illness or who might be struggling, like saying something to someone who's having a really rough day or who feels alone Like, why don't you just harden up or man up and get over it? Like, it's a very unhelpful thing to say. It's the worst thing you can say. Like we said at the end of the Man Up program, it's not man up, shut up. It's man up, speak up, you know, which, of course, goes to exactly what you've been doing for years now. And it's like the manliest thing you could do is to talk. And the reason why people don't is because it's bloody hard. So if something's really hard, normally it takes a lot of gumption. It takes a lot of big deep breaths and a lot of bravery to do it. Surely that's the manliest thing if you want to go to using a term manly or not, or is it more manly just to suck it up, button it down and wait for an absolute trauma to come and hit you because you can guarantee it's going to. So, I mean, what I'm trying to do at the moment, Sam, is change the the wording around 
mental health and actually call it mental fitness, just like physical fitness. Like I see you on your Instagrams and stuff, you and your lady are fit, you're out there, you look really healthy and that sort of stuff. That's one thing. You give yourself a mark out of 10 for your physical fitness, but so many of those people might be only two out of three out of 10 when it comes to their mental fitness. 1,000%. you go to a sporting club or you speak to a bunch of blokes and say, what's your physical fitness out of 10? They give you that mark quite quickly and they, they probably know how to make it get closer to 10 as well by eating cleaner and not smoking, not drinking as much grog, moving more, that type of thing. Well, what are the exercises for your mental fitness if we're using that as wording and that gets you thinking and goes, well, probably you need to practice stuff. You need to exercise stuff. It's not like you can run a marathon today without training. Well, you can't have a big open, honest conversation either that's vulnerable and makes you feel funny and weird first time around so you've got to start working on it and that is you know finding a couple of blokes that you can talk to um open honest and vulnerable knowing they won't they won't judge you they'll love you no matter what and you bumble your way through a conversation with snot coming out of your nose and and crying and the whole bit and they've just got you they're just holding you in that moment that vulnerable moment us blokes we just don't do that well we've never practiced it we've been told that that's weak so it's going to take a while, Sam, for you and I and others out there who are doing wonderful work to eventually get it through to the next generation. So the couple of generations on, it becomes natural for that's how we used to. That's We used to do things this way. Now we do it this way. Mate, I really think it's very possible. And I think, you know, between yourself and, and so many other great organizations in this space doing, you know, remarkable things. I really believe, like you said, it starts from a young age, how we can have these conversations with young people and multiply that across the board, whether it's a, a program in schools, it's mandatory every every week, every fortnight, every month, every term, whatever it looks like. We always talk about the conversation, you know, it ain't weak to speak. But And a lot of people know that they may be struggling, but a lot of people still to this day don't actually know how to ask for help and how to have that conversation. We weren't taught that, Gus, growing up in our school. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. 
And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I wasn't in my workplace or when I went to college, you know. No one ever taught me what, what mental fitness was, what mental health looked like, what are warning signs, how you could take care of yourself if you're having a shit day. It's really important to have these conversations proactively rather than reactively because I believe with the right tools, strategies, self-care mechanisms, whatever it is, support groups, people you can confide and trust in, there'll be a lot less suicides, a lot less deaths, a lot more happiness, a lot less problems in the world and a lot of less grief. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, the grief isn't just directly as a result of someone's life taken that day or that week. It's the ripple effect is devastating and it's, yeah, mate, it's amazing seeing what you're up to. Thanks, Sammy. Well, we had, a, we had a day the other day on Sydney Radio, in fact, right across the nation on Triple M where we didn't speak for a whole day. No traffic, no shows, just played music and it gave people an opportunity to talk during that day. And then at six o'clock I came on and I said, this is the first time you've heard a voice today. I hope you've had decent conversations. And what a lot of blokes were ringing up and telling us, because the phone lines, we had 32 phone lines of Triple M, they just filled up straight away. We had an hour show. And it goes to show that if you build a show where people can be open, honest and vulnerable, they'll come and they'll talk openly about it. And we only do it once a year, right? So we need to do it more often and stuff. But the main thing that we got back from people was that actually don't know how to have a conversation. So thank you for giving us the space to do it. But I haven't actually had a conversation today because I don't know how to start one. So I just rang a mate up and said, how you going? And he went, how you going? Yeah, not bad. You going all right? Yeah, I'm going all right. Silence, silence. And you and I can sit in vulnerable silence because we're used to it. But for most blokes who haven't trained, two seconds of silence, like, oh, okay, and then straight onto the footy or straight onto the weather or bagging your boss or whatever it might be. So I really believe that there's an opportunity for us to build emotional muscle to go to your uh, – uh, mental fitness and we need to actually give them the tools to do that to start the conversation because once you start it then you're up and running right but we're sort of putting the the cart before the horse if we if we give people chance to talk and actually not let them know how to do it because uh, it's it's away from banter which we're very good at and you probably miss that in LA the Aussie banter and the and all that stuff I do miss that mate I do miss it yeah we are really good at that and we're really good at hiding things you know over a laugh or I'm fine or let's get a beer instead or let's go to the pub you know like things that are very masculine it's challenging you know it's challenging but I think with the right intentions and the right programs and the right beliefs and visions I think we can make a real good change and I, I believe we are making a change we're still seeing far too many young people or people in general, I should say, taking their own life, especially in Australia, definitely over here in the US. And throughout these times, I mean, I think you mentioned it once in one of your things around, you know, loneliness is isolation and suicide. Are, you yeah, know, I think it's a death of loneliness, suicide. Yeah. And I think given given the time that we find ourselves in with the with the COVID-19 pandemic, I you know, I'm always trying to remain calm and, and peaceful as best as I can, but even, you know, even I can't do that. So We've got the wording wrong. I don't know what's happening in your country. I need to see the news and stuff, but got a couple of mates, obviously, in New York who are doing it tough and 
there's a parts of America we've got friends that are doing it tough and the thing is over here we made we made a mistake with the wording early doors talking about isolation and being isolated and making sure that you kept apart from people because we've got technology to be able to to be even more connected than ever you may not get that touch which obviously is very important but you know we found ourselves bunkering down and not talking to anyone for the first few weeks it's like no no that's not what it's about we just can't go and see people but please check in and there's email there's phone calls there's what we're doing now right across the other side of the world zoom's been our new part of our life facetime has been absolutely huge for me guys i used to text and phone i now facetime and i'm gonna have a facetime with a friend of mine after i speak to you and it's just that connection just by seeing them and seeing their background and seeing you and how you're going and stuff. It's awesome, but we didn't quite get that wording right. So we need to just make sure we we connect. And Sammy, I do something when I do my uh, keynote speaking. Normally people want to put phones away and I go, you know what? Get your phones out, turn them on and turn on everything. So every dinger, every vibrator thing, whatever it might be, find someone in your contacts that you love but you haven't spoken to in the last month or two you know there's all heaps of people in your phone if you went through your contacts imagine if you bumped into them in the street you would stop everything and go oh i love you man i can't believe it's been that long since i've seen you i really enjoy your company but you sort of forget about them so they're not front of mind but they're definitely someone you love and care about find that person and type this i love you and when i say i love you i mean l-o-v-e no bloody you young people speak for love or a, an emoji or whatever. I love you. I miss you. Look forward to catching up soon. Hug, kiss, hug, kiss. And then send it and then just see it. So I did this with a mob from Salesforce, which had about 12,000 people in the room at Sydney Entertainment Centre, I think. And I said, everyone just sit in silence and just wait for the replies. And of course, 12,000 people, you got people all over the world there. So it took about 15 seconds for someone to come back and we're going to microphone <laughs> out into the audience and they were chatting and i tell you what it was like there's 100 people said are you drunk about another 200 people said was this for me and then all of a sudden people started going thanks so much for you know what are you up to haven't spoken to you in a while there was i said everyone take 10 minutes to reply and have this conversation have a bit of connection and there was you know it was all the work you know people talking and the hum of, of conversations and laughter and awkwardness and stuff and then I said okay all put the phones away I said what we've just done in 10 minutes is 12,000 people have contacted 12,000 people so 24,000 people have been contacted in 10 minutes and they now feel good they feel connection they feel like there's something really cool going on in their life and someone cares about them and remembers them I said do that once a week do it once a month 12 times a year however you want to do it but put it as part of your habit because I honestly believe there's so many people out there that feel the same way, but life gets in the way and we just, uh, it's all a bit too hard or whatever it might oh, be. Oh, we'll do it next time and we never get around yeah. to doing it. Yeah, Simple yeah, connection, right, totally. Sammy, is the absolute key. And we don't have to be rocket scientists to work this out. So if you just get yourself a few people that have got your back and you have that relationship where you love them no matter what, and you're connecting with people all the time and you're kind and you don't worry alone, it's easy, right? We should be able to fix the problems of the world, Sammy.
Mate, absolutely. And it and it is. We've just it's it's about taking that action and executing on it and not being worried about what people may think and what people may do and then all the voices in your head like overthinking this, overthinking yes. that. Like, you don't know until you do something. And and the amount of times I've texted someone out of the absolute blue, mate, I do do it. Probably not as much as you do though, Gussie. And people like so happy to hear from you, mate, or you've hit me at the exact right time. Even if it's a message like, hey, mate, I hope you're doing well. Just checking in and make sure you're doing good. I've gotten people at a bad time where they're struggling. They're like, this text means the world. And it literally took 15 seconds for me to do that. And that could mean something insurmountable to someone else. So... The power of a conversation changes lives. Of course it is. And you and I work in the preventable you know, area of, of mental fitness, mental health. So we never quite know how, how successful we really are. I mean, I've got no doubt that people have met you or contacted you and said, Sam, you have saved my life. I've had exactly the same thing where, where I've been places and someone's just come up and said, you, you know, I get emotional talking about it. But you go, fuck, something that I did? has saved your life or made you go down a path which has made you more healthy, like that's the coolest thing ever, right? So when we're working in preventable stuff, it's difficult to know if you're doing a good job. It's hard to keep your motivation at times because it is so hard. But we've got to think that we are and you've got to think that the people that come up and say that you saved their life, there's another hundred that will never get a chance to see you or to tell you or just won't tell you, you know, for whatever reason. So We've just got to keep going, mate, and just simplify it as much as we can. And I love the fact that you and I are talking and there's three or four other really great companies out there, foundations and charities that are doing great work. We should all be working closer together. I agree, man. Collaboration. No ego. Just you're brilliant at that. We're really good at this. Let's just keep talking together because something that you say will resonate with someone where something that I say may not resonate with that same person and vice versa. It all takes different cats to, to make it all happen. And uh, that's why I love that we're doing this. And you know, let's make this the first of many times that we do stuff together and bring in other people as well. And it can't hurt, mate, rather than us off doing our own things. Mate, I agree. And I think, I think more people that can collaborate in these types of things, especially we're both in the preventative space, you know, when we talk about mental fitness, mental health, it's important that we can collaborate together because people will resonate with you more than they resonate with living. And that's completely fine. We're in the prevention space and our goals are the same. We're trying to save more lives, minimize suicides and increase and improve people's mental health. And mate, I think I think it's a no-brainer. I also believe that you've definitely saved people's lives along the way, no, no doubt about it, with the work that you've been up to and the work that you do, the people that you speak with. Mate, I, got the, I was fortunate enough to speak after you at a mental health talk at one of the corporate workplaces in Sydney, mate, and it's a no-brainer. I'd love to do more, mate. We're always grateful for the support that people give living from all walks of life, as I'm sure you are with the work that you guys are doing, and, and we never do it for any, any accolades. It's not about the accolades. It's not about the pats on the back. It's about what we can do to make a difference in someone's life, and if it if it is at one point in that journey where they've seen got you for life or living or are you okay today whatever it is all the great organizations out there that's one piece of the puzzle that we've been able to put back together and that's the way i've always looked at it there's a lot of people sammy that didn't know that movember actually put the money up for man up you know they, they took a very much a back seat to that they gave us our own head to go and do what we wanted to do and we're talking to them about some stuff at the moment and yeah, they're absolutely brilliant. They've pivoted magnificently into all of all of men's health stuff. So it's sort of perfect. So we're back with them now chatting and stuff. And I think that's wonderful. And I, I put out a statement the other day 
you know, what, what's the vision of Gotcha for Life? And I just said, zero suicides. But we've got to be going for zero suicides because one suicide's too many. Imagine if, if we only have one a year in the whole world. Do you want to be the person that walks up to that door, knocks on the door and tells a mum and dad or tells a son or daughter that their mum or dad have taken their life? So one's too many. So, you know, it's going to be a tough ask, but that's what we've got to be working towards, you know, for, for my children, your children and their children's children to actually be able to feel that it's manly and the right thing to do to tell someone how they truly feel and take that mask off and have a proper conversation, know how to have the conversation sit in some awkward silence and just get through stuff and realise that some days are going to be 100 metre sprints and other days are going to be, oh my God, I can hardly get off the sofa. What would you say to someone that might be listening that is your typical man's man that does generally just say I'm fine or they suck it up and they're just stoic and stuff like that? What, what, what's your advice, mate? What would you tell them? What, what do you want to leave with them? And, and it might be a wife listening or a friend something that we can tell them. We've got to realise that the, the, the way that we feel is the way that we feel, the way that we've been taught and the stereotype of being an Aussie bloke or American bloke or, or, or a pom by that, by any means, is the same, is that we've been taught a certain way and it's got us to the point where we are now, where it's the number one way to die if you're an Australian male and the numbers are similar in the States and the UK. So whatever we're doing, we're not doing it absolutely right. So we've got a whole new set of rules now to go into the man box. And one of those rules that we're taking out of the old man box is burying your emotions and taking on everything yourself and not sharing. Replacing that is finding a couple of people in your life where you can actually have a proper conversation, warts and all with no judgment. Doesn't mean you're going to have all the answers. Doesn't mean life's going to be absolutely perfect for you. But the thing is that you will have more likely to be successful getting through dark times if you share and you get some professional help or you have someone by your side so you're not taking it on alone. Worrying alone is the worst thing blokes can do because we just bumbles around in our head. It makes a very, very difficult conversation and we normally come up with some pretty poor choices. So let's learn from what's happening and be better at communicating and sharing how you feel. I believe it's the manliest thing you can do. It doesn't come easy though and it doesn't mean that we're not resilient. It doesn't mean that we don't work hard. It doesn't mean that we burst into tears every five minutes and every conversation's a deep and meaningful. It's just at the right time that you share how you truly feel with a couple of people. And that's what Gotcha for Life is all about. That's what Flippin's all about, is about speaking and not holding everything in. But it's easier said than done. I get that. And when I see blokes face to face, you know, I can see them saying, oh, look, I don't want to be that whinger. I don't want to be that bloke that brings the, the group down. I said, blokes would much prefer to help you in that situation or at least be aware of what you're going through than be at your funeral doing a eulogy. So let's just put a line in the sand now and say, no more, not on my watch. My group of mates are going to know that I love them and I care for them and that might make me feel uncomfortable. It might make me be a bit out of control, but that's what I'm going to do because that's the most important thing for me is to keep my my family and my core group of mates healthy. And on that note, guys, you heard it from Gus himself, change of times. Now we've got to challenge the discussion and change the conversation that we're having. And on that note, for anyone who's doing really, really well right now, what I always say to you is try and become the safest person possible in your group or in your family. Because Gus, and you'd probably agree when I say this is, if you're mentally fit and you're in a really solid headspace in a great place, 
I want to challenge you to become the safest person possible so that other people are more inclined to maybe sharing with you on a deeper level how they're actually feeling. And the only way you can do that is by being vulnerable yourself, sharing with them how you've felt in the past or what you've, what you've experienced so that other people can sort of drop their barriers down and sort of feel like they're, you know, it's okay to speak to, to Gus because he's just share with me exactly how he's felt because I trust you, I believe in you, I know that I can confide in you. And I'm a strong believer that it is hard for, for a help seeker to speak up and seek help but with the right tools. We can do that and we can teach and we can educate. But I also think as friends, as healthy partners, as best mates, you know, as confidants, we have responsibility to be the safest pe- people or person possible so that our mates feel like they can be safe too. Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, one thing I leave people with normally – Sammy is, you know, turn a few of your mates into friends. You know what I mean? Like we're great in Australia talking about mates and stuff that sort of stuff. Well, that's great to a certain degree, going down the pub, having a few beers, watching State of Origin, watching the foot, but it might be, watch your back, brother, blah, blah, blah. Fantastic. That's all good. But a couple of those mates have to be turned into friends so you can have that slightly extra special, deeper conversation with them when it when you need to. And as I say, it's not all the time. It's just when you need it to. And you hit the nail on the head. If you can have that conversation when you're mentally fit, then that's all set up for you. That relationship is set up for you when things do go a little bit dark because you can absolutely guarantee it. I'm 51 now. I've gone through things that I never thought I'd go through. You know, sitting in my little bubble when I was growing up, I never thought I'd go through the stuff that I've had to deal with. But I've set up a whole lot of relationships that are my rock that are there for me. And if you can set them up when you're feeling healthy, then when things go a bit unhealthy, then they're there for you. They're your crash barrier. I can't wait to dive further into that journey on the second round of this podcast. When I catch up with you next time I'm back in Sydney, we'll do a live podcast, mate, because I'll be back hopefully later this year if everything goes to plan. Otherwise, next year, mate, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up. But very grateful for your time on the, uh, on the podcast, Gus. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us. Thanks so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable yourself. From the bottom of my heart and for everyone else's heart listening here at Living, we're all very grateful for your time. And please keep up the great work and looking forward to collaborating on something in the near future that sounds great sammy everything you said right back at you mate and you just take care of yourself remember there's no christmas without santa claus brother so take care of yourself as much as you take care of everyone else that you're looking after and uh it's great seeing that you're doing what you're doing and like i said great for good organizations to come together and help each other out so i look forward to giving you a man hug once we can (laughs) much love bro much love Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Weak to Speak. Please like, share, and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at livin.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well. Keep living and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.